Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs, episode number 20. I uh, wanted to remind you guys out there listening to Podcast Land, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, make sure you guys go on our Facebook page and on your Facebook page, share the podcast also through Instagram and uh, other resources that are out there that you see the podcast on. And if you guys take the time to go on your podcast op- your podcast platform and Apple, iTunes or Android or whichever one it is, and make sure you guys give us a five-star rating. Also, share it with your friends and give us a review. I appreciate any feedback that we get. And I've uh, been getting a lot of emails telling, giving me guests and suggestions and things to that extent. So it's been working out pretty good. I hope you guys are digging the podcast. Today's episode is Randy Carlson. Randy Carlson and I have known each other for a few years. Not super tight, but have seen him at a bunch of car shows and things to that extent. So over time, we've created a friendship. And uh, we've had a lot, of, a lot of opportunities where our paths have crossed. Uh, Randy's the proprietor of oldbug.com, so everybody knows who Randy is, and he's sold tons and tons of vehicles. So to follow along in this episode, we talk a little bit about that Volkey collection. We also talk about, of course, his history of Volkswagens and how he got into some of the coolest cars that he had. So if you guys really want the enhanced experience of this podcast, make sure, click on the link inside below that take you to oldbug.com and take a look at his website, follow along as we talk about the different cars. And I hope you guys enjoy. So make sure you guys uh, come out and see us. Bug in weekend. We're going to be out at the DKP meet. Come out and see me. Get Grab some stickers. I may have some swag for sale hopefully by then. And uh, you guys will be able to support the podcast that way. Be coming up with some cool shirts. And uh, I got some other cool Vegas-specific stuff coming out for you guys. So you guys will dig that if you guys are into collectible VW things and stuff that may be specific for Vegas as well. So. Uh, appreciate the support guys don't forget share us to your friends anybody you know that's into vw's go down click on the bottom button on this thing if you go into the details you'll click on the bottom of your iphone there's three dots you click on that it says share episode click share episode and send a text blast out to all your friends tell them to get a listen or get a life they need to listen to the podcast so remember everybody let's talk dubs and enjoy this episode All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs, episode number 20. Episode 20 today, I've got on the phone a uh, young man I've tried to get on the phone several times on Skype, and uh, we had some issues. We had two recordings in the in the can, but uh, now by, back by popular demand and request, I've got Randy Carlson from oldbug.com, and uh, Randy's out of uh, Awanga Hills, California, and I'm sure that you've seen all the stuff that's always been for sale for oldbug.com. It's kind of one of the staple websites if you want to go to to get any type of uh, old classic VW uh, available that's for sale. Most of the show cards end up on there. And so uh, Randy's also been uh, the guy that was doing the freak show during the VW Classic. And so Randy's been a staple in the community for a long time. And any kind of documentary that you see on Volkswagens, you usually see Randy's face in there. So uh, I'd like to welcome Randy to the podcast. Randy, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Bill. Hey, I'm welcome. glad we got you back on. I know we tried this a couple of times before, and uh, I guess this, it's just kismet that this is happening the way it's happening right now. So uh, I'm pretty excited to get you back on here. I know you get a lot of cool stuff happening right now. It's a huge collection out of Puerto Rico, and we're going to get to that. So podcast listeners, stay tuned. But first, I want to get what we always get on Let's Talk Dubs. I want to get your VW story. How did you get into Volkswagens? Um, I, I guess it started in high school. Um, 
I, my group of guys, the first one of us to get our driver's license uh, was my buddy Nick, and, and he had a bug. He had a 68 auto stick bug, and so, you know, we rode, as soon as he had his license, we all rode around in that, got in all sorts of trouble. His brother was into VWs. A bunch of guys in the high school auto shop were into VWs, and, and I thought I should grab one of these and play with it. Nice. So, pick one up for... 75 bucks that had been rolled a 65 bug and uh, started working on that and and that kind of started the ball rolling so getting a volkswagen was it um i mean of all the cars to choose was it more based on price or it was availability or you just had a thing for you just thought they were cool looking well i mean it's really funny because i grew up my dad was a car collector and he had all sorts of crazy crazy stuff you know, he had uh, he had a Gullwing Mercedes. He had old Rolls Royces, big American classics, and all of that. And then for me to end up being the Beetle guy is really it just doesn't make sense. But it's it's the way it happened. Um, and I, I think it was just the simplicity of it and the ability to to work on it, figure it out. And parts were everywhere. I had buddies that were into it, and and it just the seed planted pretty early when it came down to that. Nice. Yeah, so so your first car is a '66 bug that was rolled. Yeah, that's 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 a pretty big steak to eat for your first car, like a car a car that's been rolled. So did that car did that the destiny of that car become a roadster, or did you fix the well, roof? It was it was actually a '65 bug that had been rolled, but I found a guy that had pulled a body off a '66 to make a dune buggy, and so I put that body onto that '65 chassis. Uh, it had a friend of a friend that had wrecked their car and so i ended up getting a bunch of parts off of that and, and i actually never got that car together drove it yeah but my first one and i ended up uh selling it to a neighbor of mine who has gone on to to be a, a real high-end chopper builder um and he finished the car off and turned it into something really awesome but um but i never never quite finished that it was one of those projects that that started, I had all those plans, I gathered all the parts, and then I found another one that ran, and I started playing with that, and you know, it just kind of died on the bone. So, um, the first time I, the first time that uh, that I saw you was probably when I was, the first time I remember seeing you was when I was debuting my bus, I think this was 2001, uh, at the VW Classic, where I debuted my bus, and then uh, I, I think it was maybe possibly the next year or that year where you had the 411 that was slammed on airbags. And I mean, that car I thought was so cool. And I remember seeing that car and thinking like, you know, cause at the time my bus was a little, was way different than the norm. You know, there, there wasn't buses on 17s everywhere. And, and when I saw it, it, I have a flair for like, I like stuff that's different. You know what I mean? And so when I saw that, that 411 wagon, I thought, oh man, that's so dope. Dude, like this guy did this 411 wagon, like, screw all you guys that are into your cool cow looks and all stuff. I'm doing something totally different. And that car, that car attracted a scene, you know, like more, most people would see a 411 and want to crush it. You know what I mean? And, and that car kind of had this really cool buzz about it, you know? So that's where I remember first seeing you and thinking like, this dude's pretty brave. You know, it was really funny. I, it, it was actually a 412 wagon, not a 411. But when I built that car, I, I got it all put together and I, was going to go down to, to Nick's Burgers classic thing. Right. 
and I was so nervous rolling in with that thing. I'm like, are these guys going to slap me the hell out of here, or are they going to dig it? And it was, I pulled into the lot, I pulled way to the back, I got out of the car, and I walked away as quick as I could. Just, you know, I just wanted to see what would happen. Right. I And the response to that car was phenomenal. I mean, really, it was a horrible car. Never build a 412. It was bad. <laughs> But it looked so bitching, it was so out of the box, and you know it was featured in magazines around the world. And every time I look at a picture of that car, I go, "Damn, that thing was cool." I mean, it's one of the coolest looking cars I've ever built. But you know, drive. And I think that car there was a vinyl. There was a vinyl wood grain on the side, right? Yeah. So you yeah. might have been one of the first cutting edge guys to start doing vinyl wraps on cars because this was before people were really vinyl wrapping cars. So I'm going to give you that award as well. So being like the first vinyl wrap VW guy. But since then, you went on to do a lot of really cool things. Um, and what's funny, so some people, there's a documentary out there that's like super, uh, I, don't, I don't know how easy it is to locate, but it's, it's carography. And I remember watching this video because I remember it was the first year when I debuted my bus and I'm on cloud nine. I've got the magazines have asked me to be in the magazine and I'm super stoked. And then I get a guy comes over with a camera in my face. And I think you and I are a little bit alike. Somebody asks this question. We just keep gabbing and gabbing and gabbing. <laughs> and so this guy interviews me and he's like, that's great. This is all usable stuff. And then I'm it, the funniest thing is the first time I see that the first time I see that uh, documentary, I'm I'm literally in a house with my brother and two other buddies, and we're busting chops back and forth about oh yeah well you know uh, I was in two magazines and I was in one and you know we're all just kind of out trying to outrank each other and I said well you know I was in hot VWs you guys were in VW trans so hot VWs always outranks VW trans and then as we're talking we're watching this documentary that just came on it was a. Uh, I can't remember the channel, but it was like a come and go channel, you know, the channel vaporized out of nowhere. And then you're on there and I'm like, oh yeah, it's cool, man. And then they start talking about something and then boom, I'm on the TV and I'm like, well, looks like none of you guys are going to beat that. I'm on a documentary. So I've just outranked all you guys, but it was pretty cool. It's a documentary that you're on and I'm on. And this is back from the 2001 VW classic. So I think it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, that you've been around for a long time and then, and, and you've really been influential in the scene, especially with oldbug.com moving moving a lot of the cars that people are uh that, that are out there trying to sell especially you know because with a show car and stuff it's kind of a tough market and sometimes things aren't always what they seem in the magazine so you've kind of created a, a, a reputation of you go you've inspected the car you take highly detailed pictures you can attest for the quality of the car but now your your site's kind of more like if you've got the car to sell your site's the one that's going to get at least the most serious perspective buyers you know just based on the the history of what you guys have sold. So with that in mind, how did you start oldbug.com? Where does that come from? Well, oldbug was was kind of a, a funny thing. The quick story of that was in, in 98, when the new Beetle came out, um, I bought one of the first new Beetles that came to California and, and started tricking it out. And I was looking for domain names for that, and I found newbugs.com. And so I registered that. And I thought, I wonder if Old Bugs is open. And I looked at it, and it was available, so I registered Old Bugs. And then I knocked the S off of it, so it was just Old Bug. And that was available, and so I bought that domain as well. And, I mean, I've always been into the old BWs, so at the time I had a split window, uh, a bug is Witter. 
and I took a picture of that and I put it up on oldbug.com. So if you went to oldbug.com, you saw an old bug and that's it. That's all that was there. And it floated around like that for, I don't know, six months maybe. And I had an oval project that I wanted to sell. And I had been selling a lot of parts off of the new bug site. And I thought, well, maybe I can sell this car off of old bug. So I took some pictures of it, posted it up there. And without any other advertising anywhere, in a week, I sold the thing. And I kind of went, huh, I think I've got something going on. So then I hit up some buddies that had cars they want to sell. I shot some photos. I went out to Pomona Swap Meet and saw the guys at the end of the day that hadn't sold their car. And said, hey, <laughs> to the shark meat. <laughs> let me give this a shot. I don't know if it's going to work, but let me shoot pictures of your car. I'll throw it up there. We'll see if it happens. And if it happens, then pay me something. Uh, and so I, I tried that a couple times and it worked. And so it, it just, it just kind of worked, you know, it really was totally from nothing and turned into something. And I think the, the key to it is that I try to show a lot of photos and a lot of details of every single car. You know, if you're sitting thousands of miles away from this car, you know, what is it you want to see if you're looking at a car? You're going to stick your head under the pan to make sure the battery's not rotted out of it. You're going to, you know, pull the spare tire out and look and make sure the nose isn't crinkled. You're going to look for all those details. And most people don't show that stuff in a classified ad. So I think the success of the site has been, you know, due to that, that level of detail, you know, just put that all out there and. Show people what they want to show. Be honest about it. Be straight up. You know, if there's a scratch in the paint, show that scratch in the paint. And and it's it's worked. So we've been doing it 20 years now. And that blows my freaking mind. Yeah, it's crazy how quick that time goes by. But, you know, uh, uh, the interesting thing is a lot of people can go to that website. And based on the pictures that you're putting on those cars, people get an idea of what to look for. I remember back in the day when I first got a Volkswagen, I think everyone gets a Volkswagen and included with the Volkswagen sale is always the idiot book, you know, and you got John Muir that did the, that, that when you go in there, I think his name is John Muir, right? That did it. And, and you go in that book and he says like, okay, here's how you check your Volkswagen. Once you've put the bread together to go buy your Volkswagen, these are the things you check. So you got this checklist of what to buy mechanically, but yours, you get to see, because because of your history knowing the cars, you're taking pictures of the areas people want to pay attention to so that you're not getting sold a bag of goods, which is, you know, ever since the advent of the internet, that's kind of the the, the downfall to it. So um, so now, a lot of cars have passed through your hands. Um, are there any cars that you had the opportunity to buy that you didn't buy that you kick yourself for not buying? Anything that got away? Uh, oh, Yeah probably more than I can count, you know, I mean, I've certainly caught a bunch of great ones and I've been very fortunate in that realm, but, but I've missed out on a lot of stuff. You know, I probably a, a fun short story to share there. I got a phone call. I was at Disneyland with my family and the phone rang and I was trying not to answer it, but I thought, oh, okay, fine. I'll just take this call. And it was a lady that she started going on about her husband had passed away and he had this head mueller and that she wanted to sell it and you know i'm dealing with background noise there's roller coasters and stuff going on you know people just screaming what and this lady's trying to pitch me a head mueller over the phone and i 
I tried like crazy to listen to her, couldn't quite hear it. I said, how oh, can I call you back when I'm home? You know, I'm at Disneyland with the kids and uh, that one got away. Oh. I was just not in the right place at the right time. But sure enough, that thing popped up on the web, you know, about a week later. I'm like, son of a, I miss that. <laughs> but the way it happens, you know. So you've had a bunch of cars featured in the magazine. I, remember, I was looking at your crew cab that you had featured, the blue and white crew cab, and then a, a bunch of other stuff. Now, w- for you specifically, for you, to, I'm pinning you down like you, it's your last car you can have, your last VW car you can have. What car is it? Stock modified, and what car is it? Um, oh God! I mean, the the one that pops to my head, the the one that I sold that I've always wanted back. And if I got it back, I'd, I'd keep it forever. Um, it's kind of split between two cars. You mentioned my blue and white crew cab. Yeah. If I ever stumbled onto that bus, even though it was really a pile of crap, if, if I, you know, it was in a magazine, but it wasn't that nice. Right. You know, it. if I got that thing back, that would be a mind blower. That would be a keeper. Um, the other car that I, I regret selling that, it just when any any time somebody asked me that question, it pops in my head was the the Rosen Steel Roadster, which was the green Head Mueller looking car. Yeah, well, that that was a kit like a kit car that was built. Was it was that a kit car or what? What was the story behind that car? Uh, it was all steel. It was built by a guy in Arizona, Dave Rosen Steel, and he basically hand built a Head Mueller out of uh, a bunch of wrecked VWs, and it was just so beautifully done. He had gotten it into primer and running and driving, and then I took it from him, and I gave it my touch and painted it, did the interior, and, and made it bitchin'. And it just fit me, and it felt right, and it was my car. You know, any like with your bull run bus, yeah. you show where they know Bill's there. You know, that car was, was me. Everybody knew it was Randy's ride. But, you know, when the economy took its dump and the rent needed to be paid, it's like, the toys got to go. So yeah, one went to Europe and I don't, I don't know if it's seen the light of day since I sold it. Um, but you know, it, if I could have one back, it would, it would be that one. Yeah. I share, like I share your sentiment. I have a, I just posted on locally here on a, uh, a website, uh, like on Facebook, just looking for my ragtop. I'm assuming my car never left Las Vegas. And I, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a car accident when I was 19 and my 64 was totaled. And I tell a story in the introduction to the web, to the podcast about a car that I found my brother in the junkyard and I bought this car. I built it. I spent, it was, it was my project car while I was working in single and living in an apartment and like did everything I could. All my free money went to it. And like, I got, I got all this money into it. I blew the motor up first time I was drag racing. And then I was just like, I'm disgusted. I'm done with this car. I sold it. And now I regret it because it was the car I pulled out of the junkyard. I, I, in my Corvette summer brain, it was the car that I saved and brought back. And if you guys right now are going, Corvette summer, what does that mean? Watch the movie. I'm telling <laughs> you, 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 I think a lot of guys in our age group saw Corvette summer and were like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And, and it just kind of, it, it's this thing where a car has a soul. You know what I mean? And, and you bring it back and you save it. And in a, in a, in a heat of passion, I got rid of it. And I mean, I sold it for, I think I sold it in 1992, 3,500 bucks with no motor. That's a lot of money for a bug. 
it was a nice bug. And uh, I kick myself to this day for selling it. And hopefully one day I'll track it down. And it's like, it wasn't even that nice of a car. I'm like, uh, but it's like the ex-girlfriend, you know, the thoughts and the memories of like, she was so nice. She was so patient. You know, like <laughs> you think all these things that are not true. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's the passion for the soul that car has. I think that we do. You know, I, I think about my bull run bus when I bought it and it was jacked up in a field in Goldfield, Nevada, sitting abandoned since 1976. And I thought like, you're thinking of that car sitting there lonely waiting for one day and then I get it and it gets to be saved back on the road and it's driving and it's living and it's got a whole new attitude. And I think that's just one of the greatest things about especially taking dead cars and getting them back to life, getting them driving. I mean, it's just this satisfaction of thinking like that car has a soul, you know? No, I, I, I'm with you completely. I mean, there's, I mean, we're all dreamers, right? You know, we see one of these piles of junk sitting somewhere and, and I can save it. You know, this is my way to make the world a better place. You know, I, yeah. I can do this forgotten soul, this pile of junk and, and then to take it in, turn it into something that's in magazines and on TV and, you know, has this whole new lease on life. I mean, there's pride in that. And, you know, you don't get that pride if you're not building it yourself or not doing it yourself. Yeah. But, but you still have that, you know, feeling that you rescued it. Because the car you wanted, that Head Mueller, that's a custom car, but you appreciate it. So this is the interesting thing about you. You're not walking away from a Brickland or a custom aluminum built backyard build that was built by a guy who worked for NASA. Cause you see through like the poo pooing of like, Oh, it's not some name brand, something you look at it and go, someone spent a ton of time on it. It's really unique. It's cool. And you're usually the kind of guy that shows up with that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? What, what do you think draws you to that, to those types of cars where you're, you're always looking for the oddball. If it's an oddball car, you're looking around like, where's Randy at? Cause <laughs> this thing, you know, this three door spec showed up and Randy bought it. I mean, uh, here's a moment of honesty for you. When it comes to that, it, it all comes down to getting attention right now. Like if I were to take, take a bug and restore it to the level that makes everybody drop, drop their jaw, you know, to a Randy Gates level, I, I can't do that. But I can find something funky in the hill that nobody's seen and make it look pretty decent and have everybody go, whoa, what the hell is that? So for me, that was the, the easiest way to get the attention, to get cars and magazines and things like that, is to build something wacky. Yeah. So let's, let's take this chop microbus and make it look like a school bus or let's do a beetle like a taxi cab or, you know take a 412 that nobody wants and make it look like a country squire wagon with wood on the sides, you know, that to try to take a unique approach to it uh, or a creative approach to it has been my way to, to get attention and, and get that feedback that, that I don't know, I, I guess I've always wanted that, you know, when, when I was a kid riding around in my dad's rides, you know, everybody looked right. And I always liked that feeling. Whoa, who is that in and so in my, you know, adult life, it's like I always want to recreate that. Well, so I came up with a phrase for that, and I'm going to coin it officially here in my podcast, and there'll be a line of T-shirts coming out with this phrase on it. The phrase I came up with, I was, I was riding with my brother-in-law on my bus. 
he's like, dude, everybody's staring at us. This is crazy. Bro, I can't, like, he's just starting to catch it just because the attention we're getting. I said, dude, all it takes is open the door and get in this thing, and you're a curbside superstar, man. I'm like, you go down the road, and everybody's rubbernecking, checking you out. And I said, that's the life of a curbside superstar, man. That's all, that's all it takes. And so you heard it here first. You hear anybody using curbside superstar? That's Bill T. came up with that. But that's uh, that's that's what I've always equated it to because – it's, it's, it's even in, you know, I'm involved with my, with my church youth group. And so there's a bunch of young kids and I try to get them like, I teach the automotive merit badge when I can. And then I give out hot wheels and I do stuff like that. And then like, if there's a church dance, I'm like, yeah, I'll take the kids. So I grab the bus and then we'll accidentally cruise down the strip on the way to the church dance. And, and you can see these kids that it just hits them. And they're like, you know, cause you said when you're, when you're sitting there, you're back going back to the 10 year old Randy. I think that's what what it, what what it what it comes out to for all of us. You know, when I was a kid, there was a probably a ratty '57 Chevy in my neighborhood, all over jacked up in the rear, and probably looked goofy if I saw it today. It's like the A-team van realization. Like you thought that was the coolest van ever, and then you see it when you're an adult, and you're like, oh yeah, I guess. I mean, hey, I was ten, I thought it was cool, but I mean, you know, you see these things, and and something clicks inside you because I think you think to yourself like. The guy driving that car has got no problems in his life. Like, what must it be like to be him? You know what I mean? And and to an extent, we all chase that. So that's really the, the, the fun part about it. But you really nailed it with, like, coming up. I mean, if there's been some oddball stuff, you have had some oddball stuff. What is the funkiest thing that you've had? Like, I mean, before that, give me a short list of, like, so some of our listeners, because we're a big demographic here, and we got a lot of younger guys that haven't been there. But you had the 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 Wolfsburg, uh, with the Wolfsburg Elementary School bus, which was the shorty, chopped, uh, twenty one window that was shorty chopped and paid in school bus yellow. What other you had the four twelve, and then what else that people might remember that's been in the magazines? Um, God, there's a bunch, but like the the first one that was ever in a magazine was the blue and white crew cab. That yeah. Was nice. 1989 after that came the the taxi bug which was a a split window looking bug a fiberglass split window um you know 63 bug made it look like a taxi cab um then let's see the school bus there was uh the barris uh buggy the barris tea buggy there was the barris fun buggy um now those are george barris built yeah okay because there is a barry mini t that that's different than the barris one yeah that's a, that's a different beast um let's see i did uh the uh, hormiga i did a brasilia i did a, a australian country buggy um, yeah the country buggy was cool yeah that one was cool that one was trippy you know i, I always try to find something that people haven't seen before because i that keeps that keeps your interest going you know i've seen bugs i've had bugs you know it well, I, me so i might tag you i might tag you in a little something that someone's built it was, it was, uh, nevada is known because the desert um these people get out here in the sun too long they just start building some funky stuff there's a guy i'm going to tag you on facebook in it there's a guy here selling they found it in Pahrump. it looks like a jeep comanche so it looks like a Jeep front nose with a truck bed on it, and it's built on a VW pan. It's got doors and everything. I'm going to tag you in it because my buddy's, my buddy's trying to sell it. I just want to tag you in it so you can see it because it's, a, it's the funkiest thing. But it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, 
oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. That thing would be cool on some alloys and lowered and, and some stuff like that because, you know, I, I bought uh, a car out in Searchlight, Nevada, which is another place where people are hiding from the law. I don't know what they're doing in Searchlight, but there can't be anything good. And I found a, a, a really odd dune buggy for my buddy that was brand new. And in that same house, they had a shortened VW bus chassis that had these galvanized fenders on it and all kinds of funky stuff. And it was so funny because I looked at it and I go, Oh, that piece of trash, man. Who wants that thing, man? That's just some backyard dude. Something fast forward to 10 years later. I see it on, I see it on the Instagram for sale. Like check this bug out. Super rare, super. I'm like, I seen that thing. Like I, they couldn't give it to me. Not so much trying to sell it for 10 grand, but it's the same thing with, it's the same thing with the double cab tow truck. Have you seen the double cab tow truck? The one that's got the inverted 36 horse sitting on top of it. Right. I found that, but I found that crew cab 25 years ago in uh, Sandy Valley out here. Sandy Valley is another little pocket where people are hiding out from the law. And I went out there and it was dangerously parked right now. All I saw was a cut up crew, crew cab. And I thought, I can't weld all those pieces back together. And it had the inverted 36 horse on top of the other motor. And then it was parked right next to a, an airplane that had a VW motor. And I said, man, I ain't getting that thing. <laughs> So, so it was one of those things that some, it was a fine VW collector in Sandy Valley. And then funny, 15 years later, I saw it on the Samba for $15,000, something like that. And I could have probably bought it for 200 bucks at the time. But in my head, I was looking for something. This was before the kitschy got cool. You know what I mean? So, and it's, and it's good that that stuff gets realized because there's been so much creativity, so many things, people building out there in the wild. You know what I mean? So there's, there's uh I know you're when you mentioned the desert and the people that have been in the sun too long. I mean, it just you know there's a lot of creative brains out there that and that have nothing better to do. And and Volkswagens have always been that canvas. I mean, there's a lot of really really wacky BWs out there, and that's that's what kind of inspired the whole freak show. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, listen, it's totally great. So the craziest car you ever bought, like this, the the funkiest. Something where you're like, man, if there was only two of these. Um, oh, God. I mean, there's been a, a, a crap ton. But in recent days, the the one car that I, I bought, it's not a, it wasn't a VW. It was actually a Honda Civic, but it had two front ends on it. And oh, you yeah. could drive both directions. So there were two engines. It was basically four-wheel steering, four-wheel drive, eight-cylinder Honda Civic. You know? Yeah, that's kind of fun. Like you look at that car, and like someone spent an undocumented amount of time building that car. And on that thing, I saw you were on Jay Leno's TV show with that car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I got that car. We started playing around with it here in the house, and and I brought it up to Monterey to uh, the big car week up there, and they have this joke car show that's called the Concord de Lemons instead of you know Le Mans. Right. So, it's all these freaky things. And so my buddy and I pull up in the Honda and they gave us worst in show, this big trophy and Leno's guys were up there and they're like, we'd love to do something like this with the, you know, on the show. And, and, and so that all came to pass. And so I had so much fun with that goofy ass car. It was just, just ridiculous. And so how'd you find that car? You know, I, it was kind of funny. I had, uh, I saw it on eBay and I don't know if somebody sent it to me or if I just stumbled into it. But since I'm kind of known as the freak show guy, right. buddies go, oh, 
oh, hey, Randy, you need this, and send me a link and stuff. Anyway, I was watching the auction on eBay, and nobody bid on the car. And it was like the minimum bid was 2500 bucks or something like that. Nobody bid on it. Wow. So just for kicks, after the auction, I you know, sent the seller a message, hey, you know, I'm kind of interested in the car. And then I realized that the seller uh, was from this uh, museum down in uh, Florida that I've dealt with before called the Lane Motor Museum. And they're into really obscure, weird production cars. And uh, they have a lot of micro cars and things like that. And so I had picked up a little electric car uh, called an Omega Alpha in a local barn. <laughs> ah, Jeff Lane does not have an Omega Alpha. I'll swap him for the Honda. Yeah. So we we just did a horse trade, and the, the Honda landed at my lap. And you that's know, cool. I, I basically I got the way it worked out with the exchange. I got paid to take the Honda, <laughs> and I had more fun and had more exposure with that car than anything i've spent years building i mean it was just was, it, was it sketchy to drive what's that was it sketchy to drive like how do you lock the rear wheels oh it was totally sketchy it was like <laughs> it was it was just it was like a jackass episode every yeah. time I drove it. there's definitely now, no driving that car in the rain <laughs> you could jock you can lock the steering on one end but there's always a little play in the steering so I mean, the thing was just absolutely hairy. You t- get two guys in there winging the steering wheel around and doing donuts and stuff. I mean, I have never laughed so hard in a car in my life as I did in that stupid Honda. That's awesome. That That's probably the wackiest thing, but who knows what's down the road. No, that's great, man. Hey, listen, I know we can always count on you to bring something out of the backwoods that nobody's seen in a while, blow the dust off of it, and then lay inside there with a black widow and drive that thing proudly to a car show, man. So listen, kudos to you for that, man, because another thing with a podcast is it gets a little too clicky sometimes, and everybody's too, it it almost becomes like, and I, I hate to say this because the VW people are kind of the most real people you can meet. But sometimes when you start getting on that, they're pushing that next level of vehicle and stuff. There kind of becomes this crowd that kind of gets a little too, a little too elevated, a little too looking down their nose and stuff. And and with the podcast, you know, my goal is to talk to people from both coasts, all over, whatever you're into. We just had a guy, Tennessee, who's the east, uh, the Eastern Tennessee Air Cooled Club, and you know, these guys are put on an event in June. It's called Tail the Dragon. You know that that run through Kentucky where it's like 11 miles and 300 hairpin turns or something crazy like that. And they're doing it in Volkswagens and a big old, you know, kind of driving day and whatever. But what's crazy with the podcast, like I grabbed that guy. He sent me a little text message. Hey, here's our event coming up. And I said, well, I can't make it there, man, but let's talk about it. So I happened to Skype him while he's sitting over there at Circle Your Wagons by a campfire. So I got him on Skype and we're just wrapping it out. And 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 it's there's there's sometimes there's a little too much seclusion and isolation in the VW scene because it, when it comes down to the core of it, we're all. We're all the same guys. We're, we're all picking the underdog. We're all we all have some something fl- switch flipped in us. When we're into those those kind of cars, and some people that aren't VW guys, they get in the scene, they get out real quick because it it's not a um, it, it's not a scene where you can buy your way into it. If you know what I'm saying, like you got to there's you're gonna get some skin. You're driving a Volkswagen. You're gonna get some skin in the game. It's gonna break down the worst possible time. You're gonna question your decisions. <laughs> you're gonna be super upset. You got to be able to look at that thing and still be in love. <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're spot on right. I mean, 
they, it's a humble car and it makes you humble. It's, yeah. It's and that's, I, to me, that's one of the attractions to it. You know, the VWs have never been an ego car. Yeah. Now, granted, that's changed a little bit with the values climbing. You know, now if you roll up at a show in a 23 window or something, you know, you, you've got to have the bank to roll that. So, yeah. you know, it's changed it a little bit, but, but really down to the core, I mean, everybody's human. Everybody's chill. Everybody's into this goofy thing. They've all had to push start it. They've all had oil drip on their shoe. They've always, you know, everybody's experienced that. And that's kind of a humbling thing. So you've got to, you have to have that humble mindset to, to really enjoy the scene. And I, that, that goes across all of it, whether you've got some crazy show car uh, or you're patching together some $500 Baja bug to make it work every day. You know, it, it, there's a shared experience there that I think is brings us all together. Yeah, without question. So I want to touch base with you about uh, your work history. So did you, did you, um, as far as your career wise, like what or have you, you actually had TVA, which was sell, you were selling stuff. You were kind of on the first part of trying to do internet sales with aftermarket parts with the new bill, stuff like that. But have you been in the automotive industry most of your life? I mean, how'd you start? What's your evolution? And, and, and is this what you do full time? Well, like my, my first job, I, I drove for like a courier company. Um, so I was on the road a whole bunch, but then my next job was at an auto parts store and it was one that sold a lot of VW parts, uh, in Orange County. That was, uh, a small chain called dips discount import parts. Horrible name for a business. Well, those those guys aren't that smart. It's a bunch of dips over there. Yeah, no, no. Was, we all had to stand behind the counter and look stupid, you know. But it was, this is our head dip right here. Right. It was it was kind of funny, but it was a cool thing. They had the whole line of empty stuff. I got an employee discount. I could spend my paycheck on Chrome Gigas for my crew cab and stuff, and it was cool. Um, but then my automotive, you know career kind of stopped and it, and it was really just a hobby um and i got into all sorts of different stuff i was into uh, commercial interior design and uh store design set or uh like staging uh stores and then into set decorating and props and stuff for the film industry and uh i've, I've always been somebody that likes to set the scene um and so that I kind of went down that road for a while and then I had this sort of entrepreneurial uh, spark in me where I really wanted to be my own boss. And so I started uh, a clothing company and was doing uh, uh, like home decor items and things. And I was struggling with that, trying to get that off the, the board. And my wife uh, said, you know, why don't you do something with cars? Because it's obviously your passion and, you know, if you're passionate about it, you'll succeed. And she was totally right. So from that point on, uh, you know, I focused just on car stuff. First with auto accessories and stuff through TVA for the Beetle and, and other cars. We did PT Cruiser and Mini Cooper and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and then Old Bug, as I mentioned, that kind of started up. And then that, you know, ended up being something that was bringing in some income. And so that you know, that has sustained us, you know, that and horse trading and stuff, sure. uh, you know, fed the kids, we put a roof over our heads, 
you know, I'm not a wealthy guy, but it's, it gives me a chance to do something that I really love. So, well, yeah, yeah I mean, what's the trade-off if you worked 16 hours a day doing a job you hit it just to pay a bunch of bills versus like you're making a fair, you're making a fair living, you're doing what you like? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I consider myself really, really fortunate. You know, I'm, I'm so blessed to have been able to provide and to do something that I dig. And it's, I, I kind of, when things are working really well, I, I don't know whether I'm working or playing because it's all kind of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's really fun. And I, I'm always wanting to explore a new opportunity. If, if something pops up, you know, I'll chase it. The, the TV stuff that I've done has been, been cool. I've always had interest in that industry and, you know, the, the carography thing that you and I, right, right. Back in the day, you know, I thought cameras rolling around the classic and these guys were lost. And I'm like, let me be your guy. I'll show you the ropes. There you go. I was, you know, I was on that show a whole bunch. I was kind of the narrator for a bunch of it. And I was totally unprepared for it. I was wearing like a greasy sweatshirt that I, I turned inside out because the inside wasn't greasy. And <laughs> one side burned longer than the other and, you know, all of that. But, you know, that was cool. Um, wearing your Volkswagen best. Yeah, totally. I actually have that carography on a DVD that someone burned for me back when DVDs were actually just like you could DVD off. It was like a cutting edge technology. I just ran across it the other day. So if you don't get a copy of it, I'll burn you a copy of it. I want a copy. I've got it on VHS because that's how I recorded it. Yeah, yeah. So don't worry. This looks like it was made. <laughs> looks like it was filmed on VHS. But you, that's the other thing I was going to get into. So you've you've done some TV appearances. Um, You've done uh, the choreography thing and then some other stuff. And then you uh, you ended up on that show uh, that was just recently on Discovery Channel. Um, tell me about that transition and how you got snagged for that and all that. Well, the the one BW show that I was related show that I was on was Monster Garage. That's right. Uh, Monster Garage. I just, I just saw that episode not too long ago. So I, I got a call from Jesse. Um, looking for a bus. He wanted a bus. And so I found a bus for him and we started chatting and he's always been a VW guy. Um, and then at one point he, he sent me a note. He's all, Hey, I want to do a VW for monster garage. Can you help? And I said, yeah, I'll help you, but you got to put me on the show. Uh, and I totally didn't expect him to say, yeah, okay, cool. But he did. So, <laughs> you know, perfect. He's all, then he's like, who else should we get for the build? So I, I find myself in a good position to really stack the deck and get guys that are legends and much oh, better. Yeah. yeah. You had Loomis, you had Loomis on there. You had Sicchetti, you had, uh, you had all kinds of guys on there, man. It was oh, a yeah. stacked deck well, of people. I, I was absolutely the least skilled guy on the whole crew. You were like, don't worry guys, I'll be the manager. My name will be manager. <laughs> I'll, I'll stand there and watch. Perfect. You, know, you, you need me to hold perfect. that? Okay. I got it. But the, the cool part about that experience was I met one of the producers on the show, and we really hit it off. He was, he was a totally cool guy, great vibe. And at one point, he transitioned over to overhauling, and uh, Chip wanted to do a VW. And so I got the call, and I ended up uh, hooking them up with Hot Dog Fred for that episode of Overhaul. Is that, was that a blessing or a curse? You know, it was it was it was cool. It was, number one, it was neat to get a call. It was yeah. another thing to to kind of be involved with it and see it all happen, which was awesome. And yeah, you know, the 
the, the funny thing with Fred was, you know, it, this is a guy that everybody knows, everybody loves, and everybody in the VW team would be excited about him getting gifted with an amazing thing like this. Right. So, you know, it was, there was that question of, okay, is, is he really going to like what Chip builds? Because that's the big question, right? Sure. But it, in the end, talking with Tim, who ended up being the informant on the show, we kind of looked at each other and just went, you know, it, 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 it's going to be stoked out with this bus. That's yeah. amazing. So if he doesn't dig it, he could at least sell it, and it would be a fun experience for him. Well, um, you know, it, as much as the VW community is this wide-open community, there's also this real, um, like, Everybody wants to customize it. Everybody wants to do whatever they want to do to a point. And then it's got to be done the VW way. But my personal take on it, and I don't know if, it's, if it shares the same as yours, but heck yeah, man, I take that bus any day because it is a Chip Foose built bus. I take the bug and it takes a Chip Foose built. Chip Foose is a designer, and the way he sees it through his eyes, you have to appreciate his artistic ability to love those cars. If you're if you're struggling with like, oh, but it was a 23 window or a 21 window and he did a this to it and that to it, like I don't care. There's a there's 150,000 other 23 windows and mark my words, you give it time, those cars will be worth the most because of the double value that's there. Like the fact that it's it's something to begin with, but he took that 66, I don't know, 66 bug or I don't know what it was for that kid that they did the bug on and that bug it that bug, a bunch of people poo-pooed on the internet, you know, the VW. It's so funny because the custom guys really don't like the stock guys, but the custom guys will turn on you if you go, if you do custom, not their style. <laughs> I, it's, it was so funny. You know, I, I wasn't there for the build. I wasn't on the crew or anything, but I knew when the reveal day was going to happen and I came down for that. I got a little sneak peek of it before, you know, anybody really saw it except for the builders. And the moment I walked in the building, I went, oh, my God, some of these people are just shit. They're, like, I knew that other people were coming. I knew Charlie Hamill, who's, like, the yes, hardcore stock guru. Up. And, I, and I walked out of that room going, I'm just going to watch Charlie's face. <laughs> you know he's going to hate it. You know, it's not, it wasn't done the way the traditional VW thing is done, you know. Yeah. It, you the Volkswagen script across the front, like, but the, my, my point is, man, that's Chip Foose's design. Like, I don't care. It, it, and, and maybe, and, and I've been accused of, uh, of being a too many car guy. Cause I like them all, man. I like Corvairs. I like Buick Rivieras. I, I've got a, I've got a, I would say an eclectic take uh, taste, but I like, I like everything. If it's cool, I like it. And I, and I don't care if people are like, Oh, we're VW guys. Like I, yeah, today I'm a Buick guy. Like I drive this Buick today or whatever, but uh, I really love the diversity and with those cars, man, my, listen, this is my two cents. You're hearing let's talk dubs first. My two cents is both those cars will be worth way more than anything else of the same level in 10 years. If they don't get pulled apart and modified with just because of the fact they were chip foose built car. I mean, you look at, you look at the Barris cars, their pieces, they're, they're, I don't want to say their pieces, but they're built. Any movie car is built so fast. The level of quality is like, nothing you know what i mean and it's like when you see stuff like that that the, that they built and it was designed the key component is the design work came by chip foos and that in and of itself 
adds value in my opinion. And I take that bus, you know what I mean? I have no problem driving that bus around. I wouldn't be having anybody complain to me about an extra skylight or none of that stuff. Like, yeah, I look through it often. (laughs) I lay back and look through that extra skylight often. (laughs) Fred absolutely loved that bus. I love that bus. I mean, some of the, the, the little design choices that chip made on that bus were such eye openers to me, you know, to take the headlight bucket and get rid of the little tab with the screw on it so that it's cleaner. Yeah. Duh. Why haven't any of us thought of that? It's like to have that goofy little tab with the screw on it to hold the headlight bucket in there. Yep. He got rid of it and he packed it in from the back. So simple, so bitching, made it look so smooth. You know, little things that he did like that. Yeah. You know, to get rid of the drip rail dip on the on the rain gutter up there. That's that's the floor roster right there because the water comes down that dip through your front windshield, down the parcel tray, and then sits underneath the floor. <laughs> so that's the rust dip mark. You know, and, and he just he just cut this really bitching little smooth slot in there so the water went right down where it needed to go. But it was that eye for detail on that yeah. eye fine. And And Fred loved that bus when it was done with it. The, the thing that tainted his love for it was all the haters. It was all the guys on the internet that were Man. back it and going, oh, yeah, look, he put the emblem in the wrong spot. Why are the turn signals down low? And, you know, that's that's something that, that really bummed me out. And yeah. We see that so much in our world today with social media. You know, guys talk crap on oh, other stuff. Unsolicited opinions come here. You know what I mean? And it's like... <laughs> There's not enough mamas out there teaching people. If you don't got anything nice to say, don't say anything. Amen, brother. That is absolutely the biggest thing. You know, somebody new in the scene, you know, gets on the internet and says, Hey, I just bought a 74 super beetle and everybody craps on them because it's a super beetle. I mean, people knock that stuff off. These are people that are joining our scene, joining the fold. They're a part of the VW family. They love their ride just as much as you love your split window or whatever it is, you know. I yeah, I mean that's and that's that's the crusher to me in the hobby that that I try and I'm hoping to do the podcast. Like I'm saying, I'm up to interview whoever's doing whatever they're doing. If it's VW related, I'm not gonna be like, no, that doesn't fit our cool factor. I mean, I'm lucky enough to get a bunch of cool guys from the scene because I've been around for a while. I, I know a lot of a lot of these people are friends that I'm calling like, hey, I want to get you on the podcast because I'm building the podcast. But in the same respect, I want to have good content for people to listen to. But I also want to be able to give an opportunity for people in the Midwest to give a shout out to do whatever they got to do. And, you know, who knows, maybe one one day in the future, I'll be able to take this thing, uh, you know, on the road and, and take a tour one summer and just hit a bunch of events, do a bunch of live stuff. I'm, I'm hoping to be able to do a, a live stream down from the DKP meet on the 31st. Um, I'm hoping I'll be able to pull that off, but that'll be cool. With, I, I'm going to have a little setup. People just walk up and we kind of just chat it out about BS, about whatever's there on the day. So it, it's cool when the scenes opened up because I've always made it a point when I see a new guy standing around. I was, I, I was at a car meet two weeks ago and I saw a guy, cool car, you know, just 62, you know, he's had it for 15, 20 years, whatever. He's been living in Vegas, never came to the scene, never came to the meet before. And I kind of see him sitting there by himself, by himself. And I'm, and I'm in the bus 
And me, I just been here forever. So I pull up my bus and then I don't make it five feet. I'm in a conversation with somebody, then another person. I don't even make it 10 feet away from my bus. I don't get to walk around. But I saw this guy. So I just beeline it to him like, hey, bud, what's going on? Oh, I've been living here for 10 years and blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, man, well, you know, welcome to Vegas, man. It's going to be it's cool seeing here. You just got to get to know the people that, that you know, whatever. But it's like, doesn't matter if they got a Super Beetle, late model, square back or bus or whatever. And, you know, making them feel welcome, keeping them from getting chased out of the scene because sometimes people do that, man. It's, it's always just been a super bummer to me, man. Like, like, you know, especially with the super beetle thing, like I want to build a K for a cup car. Let me rephrase that. I want to buy one that someone's got 95% done. And all I have to do is like put the valve stems on the tires and then maybe like a padded steering wheel cover. And then it's mine. And then maybe, maybe, maybe a tinted visor that says bills bug or something. (laughs) But I'm getting to that point in my, in my, in my free time life, because I just want to be able to do so much, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, I, I love them all. And, and I agree with you, man. Sometimes our scene gets a little too, well, that's what I realized when I was at, uh, when I was at the, the bus show in Huntington beach, you know, my bus is like, ah, this, this bull run bus who hasn't seen that. Well, there was about a thousand people that took photographs of it when it was down on the, on the pier in Huntington beach last week, because these are not VW people and they're seeing this bus and they're like, what's with the race numbers? What's going on with this thing? This has just got this cool look to it, you know, whatever. And you know, I, the funny part is like, I felt kind of bad. Like, uh, I guess, I guess all I got that's running right now is the bull run bus. So I'm just going to take old tired bull run, but it's like, I took it. So many people appreciated it because in our scene anymore, everybody's jaded. Now everybody's like, uh, yawn. It's a 54. Hmm. Big deal. And I remember back in 1992, you were like, there's a 54 somewhere. There's still a 54 Beetle somewhere. And so we've gotten, because of the internet, everything's getting pulled out of the shadows and the barns and all this stuff. And, and all the, all, I mean, when I bought my bus, my 13 window, I was like, dude, like I was the only 13 window in town. There are no 13 windows. You know what I mean? Like it was, seemed super rare at that time, but you know, as things have changed, it's gotten much more popular. So, uh, we just got to keep, we just got to keep the scene where it needs to be. It doesn't need to turn into like the reason I'm not in a Mustang club or those other clubs is because that's a different scene. You know what I mean? Like our scenes always been like the hippie guy, the doctor, the, and everybody in between, you know? So I love it, man. That's one of the reasons I love the scene. So speaking of the scene, you're doing something pretty critical right now. You, you, I think this is probably the biggest cash of your life at this point that you've been given the responsibility to help get rid of a, a, a huge amount of cars. Why don't you tell people in podcasts what you're working with right now? I'm sure they've probably already seen all over the internet now, but go ahead and, and tell me about this, this collection you've, you've, uh, you're, you're helping get distribute. Yeah, this one's pretty fricking wacky. I, in Puerto Rico, there's uh, a gentleman down there that's been collecting for a number of years. He's, He's been a VW nut for about 60 years, and as his career got bigger and he had money and space, he just started hoarding VWs like crazy. Um, and he's not one of those hoarders that just like grabs stuff and puts it in a barn somewhere. Everything's in a beautiful museum space. And I think all told, there were about 170 VWs uh, in this collection. Um, there are a couple that are being held aside, but um, I flew down to Puerto Rico with a buddy of mine. We inspected this whole collection, and everything's up for sale. So I've got 
165 VWs up on the website for sale. Now that's so. So get what? What's the history on this Volky collection? So I talked to somebody that was in Puerto Rico. They said they tried to go buy it, but it's only open like one Sunday, the third Sunday of the fifth month of a full moon. Like there's some secret deal you needed to know to get into this collection. What's the story behind this? The guy was just a just as he became more wealthy of a businessman, he just started buying more stuff and then wanted to show him off as a collection. Or I mean, it just. A real passionate VW guy, absolutely into it, hardcore. I mean, he loves these things, uh, and he's restored a lot of them himself, you know, with his own two hands. And, really? You know, there's a, a rail dune buggy that he welded and shaped himself, and you know, it, he's he's a doctor, um, uh, is really well known down there for you know holistic healing and uh, you know natural remedy kind of stuff and. You know, he's written books on the subject and, and really helped a lot of people in their lives. But his his passion has always been the VWs. And I think at some point, the collection grew to a point where it was like, you know, that's everybody's dream, right? I've got this big collection of the world to see it. I'm going to open up this museum. And so he did. But, you know, it's, it's hard to make any money off of a museum. Uh, you know, you don't get enough bodies in the door to really pay anybody to open the door. Sure. And so I think when it was first put together, maybe it was easier to make it in there. Um, or you can make an appointment to check it out or he's open more regular hours. But as time has gone on, it's been more irregular as far as the opening of it. Um, and then with all the things going on down in Puerto Rico, the huge hurricanes and things that wiped everything out, um, the guy's getting older He's realizing that he can't work on the cars the way he used to. You know, it's just a lot of things have come together where it's just it's just time yeah. for it to go. And there was a hope and a dream of the collection living on, of him selling the whole thing to somebody. As one collection. But, you know, it's... Uh, volume, is it a volume discount if you buy them all? Well, and certainly, you know, that, that could be done, but... You know, to find somebody that that wants to take on that big of a thing um, is difficult. So after you know a couple of years of him trying to do that, uh, and I had talked to him a couple of years ago about it, um, you know, then it it came up, and uh, it's like, you know, let's sell them one at a time. So it. Uh, so now, so now I've got an interested buyer question. So now let's say I'm an interested buyer, right? So let's say. I don't know. Let's say there was a Type 34 Ghia down there that seemed to be in pretty decent original shape. Um, not that I've seen it already, but I saw that it was on there and it was for sale. So let's say a guy wants to buy it. I want to talk about some a possible real challenges. It's Puerto Rico. That's a territory of the United States, correct? So there's, there, there's, you don't have any issues as far as import, export. It's just the physical transportation of the vehicle. Pretty much that's it. I mean, I understand there's, there's some, you know, weird stuff on the port in Puerto Rico where, um, you know, they need to inspect the car, make sure it doesn't have any natural matter in it or something. You got to wash the engine. You got to do some stuff sure. uh, to satisfy the, you know, the transportation of things. But, you know, I've got a good shipper down there that can pick something up, put it in a container, ship it across to Florida, and then it'll ground ship to wherever it needs to go. And so what's somebody, And so somebody wants to buy a car there. What could they expect to pay for a shipping? Do you know like a ballpark quote what it might cost? Ship it from Cuba to Florida, or not Cuba, from Puerto Rico to Florida? Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be about 1400 bucks to get a car landed into Jacksonville, Florida. That's not too and bad. 
that's including all the paperwork and weirdness and handling on either ends and the ground transportation from where the museum is to the port, which is way on the other side of the island. Okay, so fourteen hundred bucks to get you the car. Now, if a guy buys three, are these are not being container shipped? They're like ferry shipped, or they're being container shipped. So, if like a guy buys two or three, he might get a. It might it might be a little cheaper to ship them, or or what's the deal? No, I mean this is though that quotes like for a shared container. Okay. You know, all for museum cars, they've been on display. They haven't been on the road, so I don't think anything in the building's been started uh, in recent years. It's all shiny and it looks beautiful, but. You know, there's no batteries in them. They've been sitting, tires below. And, and if you plan to buy these cars, plan on pulling the spark plugs out, running, dry turning the motor over with some uh, oil, getting the oil pressure built up, just going through your once-over checking because these are these are like essentially brand-new shiny barn finds. So you're going to have to go through probably some of the same stuff, yeah, I mean, when you get it? Yeah, I mean, they're... You know, the majority of the cars are in really nice shape. And there's a lot of them that you can just look at them and you... And you just get that sense of, you know, I could throw a battery and some gas in this thing and fire it up. Sure. But there's other ones that are just shiny, you know. And yep. you open the engine lid and you go, wow, there's no wires to this engine. Super clean. Fuel line. They know? went with that Boyd Coddington no wire look. There, there's, there's a, now granted, those are few. There's very few of those in the in the collection in comparison to the broad range of things. But, sure. but still, I mean, I, you can't just. You know, there's there's one car there that I I wouldn't mind having, and in my head I'm like, okay, I'll have it shipped to Florida, and then I'll drive it triumphantly across the country and get three. <laughs> like, no, that ain't happening. You know? Right, right. But you know, some have somebody go through something, you know, put it on the truck. Don't plan on any road trip with any of this stuff. No, and you know, in reality, I, I was I was flipping through, you know. Not that I'm a buyer, but I was flipping through, just kind of perusing. The prices aren't that bad on some of this stuff. I mean, the prices seem, it, it, and this is what the people out there, if, if, if you're wanting to talk to two guys that kind of know Volkswagens a little bit, if you're going to buy a car, lay out the money, restore it, build it, customize it, whatever you're going to do, you're going to be dollars ahead buying any one of these, even if you've got to go through the motor, do whatever, you will be dollars ahead just based on the fact of what it's going to take on a restoration, the nuts, the bolts, the parts, the pieces, the missing, and the most critical component people never seem to factor in the restoration, time. I mean, these are cars that you can buy within 30 days. You've got a show car that runs and drives if it needs a little bit of tinkering or working or this or that. But from your perspective, seeing the cars, none of them need major surgery. They've had they've had decent quality restorations, probably something equivalent to like the 80s or 90s restorations that were happening here. So really on par with that. So people get out of your head that this is going to be like a, a Buddy Hale or Aaron Broughton type build where it's going to be polished. It's like these are built to stock specification Puerto Rico style. <laughs> I mean, okay. there's a lot of custom wacky stuff there. There's not. Yeah, it's Puerto Rico. It's not. I mean, listen, it's not here, man. They, I mean, they, they, yeah. they have a one tool in the box. It's Crest Ranch. Yeah. No, and it, and it kind of fits. You, pretty close. <laughs> but no, the I mean, real. I saw a lot of split windows. I saw splits, ovals, Kubel. Is it got a Kubel wagon there too? Well, there's three Kubel wagons there, but but all of them, two of them were movie prop cars. Yeah, the one's a, a real Kubel, but it's on a late model chassis. You know, if if you're a hardcore collector that wants every nut and bolt correct on stuff, there's there's only a few cars in the collection that really match that. Sure, the vast majority are really fun. 
you know, cool, brightly colored, you know, just, just fun cars. But these and, are 80% cars. They're 80% there. You buy them and you're buying them for what they're worth. I mean, I, like I said, I saw the prices there. I didn't see anything. It didn't look like, I don't want to and I hate that this has become a term, but I didn't see Samba pricing on them. You know what I mean? Because there's always that, the Samba price. I'm sure Everett, when he set out to build the website, and trust me, I'll get him on the podcast. As much as he's going to hide from me, I'll get him on the podcast. But <laughs> And it's no, it's no discredit to him. It's just become... It's just become this thing where there's the Samba price and then the price it really sells for. And everybody, when everyone's valuing their own cars, they go to the Samba price. They go, oh, yeah, well, on the Samba, like, I don't care what they're on the Samba for. I mean, it's going to sell for who's got cash and what they're buying, you know. So I think that I think the collection is totally cool. I think since they're, it's, it's in Puerto Rico, there's going to be some, you're not going to have as much issues as if you're buying a car out of, you know, Europe or or another country. So paperwork's going to be clean. These are going to be, I, I, I believe if a lot of people in the Midwest, East coast, things like that are looking for solid, decent cars. You can build as a nice driver. These are the cars. These are the cars that you're going to save a lot of time. They're not, these aren't 10 point show cars. You know what I mean? Or hundred point show cars. You know what I mean? These are, these are good. These are good, decent, mildly restored cars that probably need some fine tuning and some polishing and, and, you know, if you're looking for a good, a good driver car, from what I've seen, man, some of these cars, you buy them, tune the motor, put some alloys on it, slam it and call it good, man. Good, baby. You're in, you're in. You know what I mean? It's a good bunch of stuff. I mean, it's a huge bunch of stuff. Um, you know, the, we tried to price everything. So it sells, you know, that was one of the big discussions with the owners is, you know, let's not put these things out, to show, let's put them out so they sell. And, as time goes, right now, of course, we're trying to hold to the price, but as time goes on, people are going to bargain, and, you know, the whole collection has to go. Sure, sure. Hold on, I'm trying to, I'm trying to search that real quick so uh, I can take a look at uh, the uh, the Volky collection, you know what I mean? So, uh, and the, the one thing that's, that's really, really awesome about what's happening down there with the uh, first week of sale is that the VW enthusiasts that are down there in Puerto Rico are absolutely on fire. They want as many of those cars to stay on the island. <laughs> like us, right? We're like, don't let it go to Germany. You can't let it go to Germany. But, but think about it from an island point of view, right? Absolutely. If you're in Vegas and there was no connection to SoCal or any of the other areas to pull cars from, you know, you'd be like, diving to get anything you can these guys are extremely enthusiastic they've got events every weekend it's a huge happy awesome scene down there very vibrant very fun and so all of these guys are aware of the museum they've all been to it they all love the owner they're all sad that the collection is stopping but they all want a piece of it so like, I think at this point we've sold 30 cars or so. Have you I really sold 30 cars that quick? That quick. Hold on. I got you on, a tw I got you on twin screen here with the collection because <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at some of this collection. I mean, a 42 rollback? Yeah, but it's not a 42. It's actually like a 52. It's got crotch coolers on it. Sad. I'm, so. really, I'm really sad that I'm going to get a 52 rollback. But, I mean, I'm looking at these things. Like, if you're, if you're okay – Okay, the Zwitter. Talking about the Zwitter. The Zwitter, decent, decent ride? 
you know what? That was really beautiful, but you got to look close, right? I'm, right. I'm checking the car out. It's absolutely stellar. Beautiful restoration. Birth certificate is sitting on the front seat. So okay. Does, does he have it, a bunch of birth certificates for these cars? Did he send away for a bunch of them? No, this was the only one where I saw the birth certificate, mm-hmm. but I looked real close at the birth certificate and production date is October of 53. Hmm. They were doing ovals in yeah. October of 53. Little, something's, something's off there. So that sunroof and that rear window was not original to that car. So there's a, a lot. I don't want to give the impression that everything there is virgin and beautiful and pure because it's not. You know, there are cars that are that way. That Type 3 Gia that's there, that thing is stellar original car. Stop saying stellar so loud on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was hoping you'd give me the same story with the, uh, you know, but... I look at Type 34 Gia. Did that car sell yet? Uh, no, it hasn't. But that car, actually Everett from the Samba used to own that car, which is kind of funny. Oh, is that Everett's old car? Yeah, that used to be his. And it's it's a great original car. There's a, a fire bus there that's spectacular. There are some really nice splits and ovals that are good, original, untouched, you know, super solid cars. Um, there's kind of all throughout it there there's you know spread out there the meat of it is just basic stuff that's shiny and cool but you know there if you go through and you pick out the finest you know i'd say out of that 165 cars there's there's probably i don't know 15 maybe 20 like whoa this is really a good car yeah of it is just stuff well but, look you're not going to have 100 of those unless you go to russell rich's collection yeah no we he, did, he didn't pick out the best. He picked out what he could get. He picked out what was there. Uh, Squareback, the Squareback is gone. I see the Squareback looked good, that 68 yeah. Squareback. Yeah, that was really good. Um, a, lot of this, a lot of the good stuff is moving. There was one split, really awesome original car that sold. Uh, there's a second one that's really clean that is sale pending, I think, now. Um, 66 yeah. Woody Wagon here. Which one? The 66 Woody Wagon. Yeah, that was goofy. That thing's it's really goofy. Cool. Listen, but for 10 grand, come on. That's, yeah. a, that's a deal. I mean, if you're, if you're a guy that wants a Woody Wagon and you want the hard part done and you can just do the cleanup on it. No, but I mean, but I'm being serious. I mean, if you do the cleanup on these cars and understand that you're going to need to do a little bit of cleaning up and dialing in, I like the way the turn signals are mounted on the back upside down. That's kind of uh, interesting. So water runs off of them, I guess, but, uh, no, I, I'm looking at the collection, man. It's it's a cool, it's a um, look. The humbug. I'm not gonna lie. Thoughts of the humbug have gone through my head because I thought like, oh man, how cool would a humbug be laying on the ground? But uh, you know, it's probably not much different. I look. I'm already looking at. It, I can't fit in it. I already see the position of the shifter to the steering wheel. I, that's like trying to squeeze me in a in a in a Puma coupe. I bought one on the internet. Showed up at my house. I tried to sit in it with no seat, and I thought I'll never drive. I can't even fit in this car. You know, I don't know if they're just that small in uh, Brazil or, or what the deal is. But uh, I'm looking at the collection, and there's some pretty cool – look, one, there's a 66 Beetle with Porsche wheels, disc brakes, and air conditioning, 15 grand. You're going to pay 15 grand for that car stateside. You know what I mean? And this one actually doesn't look a bad little buy. That's a nice car. That yeah. thing is really well built. There's a 71 uh, that's built kind of the same way with uh, Porsche Cup wheels on it, really bitching interior. I mean, th- those are both like really, really nice cars. 
Yeah, these well, are like some really good cars, man. I mean, so if anybody's looking for these, go to go to oldbug.com and you'll see right on the thing once you click enter to the site, there's a big blue link that says enter the site. Don't stare at the one page. You have to click that link to get to the good stuff. Look, the Hebmuller guys would be happy if somebody bought this thing and slammed it because they'd be like, it's a replica. Okay, fine. What's the, I mean, 40 grand has got to be somewhat decent of a quality of a, of a build on this replica. I mean, so, you couldn't build a replica for the money they're asking for this car. You know, I get it. It's not the right year. I get it. You know, you got your little things you're going to, you know, but we're saying these are like, these are, these are the, sh like, you look good. Put it on. You look good. Yeah, just drive it. Stop complaining. Let me see the serial number. Don't worry about the serial number. Just, just drive it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's all fun. It's an amazing collection. There, I'm absolutely blown away and and honored to be a part of it because that's you know for them to to have me in there to help appraise and sell the stuff. I mean, it it's really. I mean, it's a wow moment for me. It's super cool. Yeah, there. It looks. It appears to me that there is no shortage of decent cars that you could buy. Hey, you've even got a Fridlin in here. For, whoa, seventy thousand. So that must be a decent Fridlin. Nice Fridlin. Yeah. yeah. So if the price reflects it, there's no free lunch here. Is what I'm looking at. Is what you're telling me, Randy? There's no because I was told that once when I was just a young child that there's no such thing as a free lunch. And if people are smart enough that know when they buy it, but like a 82 Vanigan with the water cool conversion for 25 grand, that's worth 25 grand. In the state's in the same condition. You know what I mean? Beautiful too. Damn, it's dude. really, really well. I'm digging this 59 coupe, man. That's kind of cool. This 59 with the swoop back. It looks like a Heb coupe. Oh, it's freaky as all hell. There's a lot of, is that the car? Is this the car you envisioned yourself road tripping back? No, no, that one I'll leave there. But uh, no, that I mean, there's it's hard not to fall in love with everything, right? You know, yeah, I'm it's into, just cool. I'm into it. It's like I, I swear when he opened up the door, it was like I'm Charlie, and this he was Willy Wonka, and here's the chocolate factory in front yeah. of me. You know, it's like you want to run around and grab them all and take them all, and you know, I, it's. I mean, they're all fun. I don't care what it is. No, I I agree, man. I'm looking. I'm looking at these men, and it's like. Shoot, who wouldn't want this collection, man? Late model, early or whatever. And the and listen, I'm looking at the prices on these things. These are not out of line prices. And anything that's a really high price, you should expect to get what you pay for. So if you're buying uh, a 73 standard Beetle, very nice, clean, mild custom car for 11.5, should be probably a pretty decent car. Looking at the pictures, it looks like a very decent car, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of a salmon color or a, like a, um, what, what are the pink? Yeah, yeah no, that was pretty cool. I was surprised with that. Yeah, you know, it was kind of fun to go through it. I mean, there's the because I you see the ones that are done well, and then you see the ones that are projects, and you know, I don't know. I mean, it was just it's a cool. I don't want to go on too much about the the collection. I mean, it it, it is what it is, and it's massive without question. I mean, but the, I think it's a this is a great spot for people that are looking to get in the hobby. And I promise you, if you bought something on eBay at the same price, you'd probably be disappointed. You know what I yeah. mean? It's, I think that's a good way to categorize it because eBay, listen, I've seen a lot of people get bamboozled on eBay because they put the right kind of pictures. And at least you know what the pictures Randy's got on here. You know what you're getting into. You know what I mean? You know he's going to show you the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, if you're looking for decent drivers, cars that are 80% there or better, 
because uh, there are some that look in the pictures to be better than 80% to me. And yeah. I, think, I think it's a good, it's, it's a good opportunity to get some stuff. Uh, I like that the sign is only two grand, but you got to figure out how to take the bug down from the sign. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm waiting to see some locals jump on that one and like climb up there and figure out some way to sling it down, you know, or, or oh, whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that. <laughs> this is, you know, it's a cool collection. I just think it's kind of cool that, you know, we, we saw this recently at Barrett Jackson when Rod Pratt let go of his collection of cars and Ron Pratt was a huge hot rod collector for a long, long time. And, you know, it's like one of those guys where people are building cars for him to buy. You know, like, I want to build this car. Ron Pratt's going to buy it because he was the guy buying it. And then at some point people get to a point in their life where they're like, okay, I can't take him with me. I had my fun with him and now it's time to move on. And that's kind of where it looks like this collection's at, you know. Shoot, yeah. I'm looking at the 66 Beetle right here with the Porsche wheels on it and the Porsche disc brakes. Look, it's got, it looks like it's got uh, Boxster brakes on it. I'm liking what I see. Stock motor. This thing's a, a motor away, a motor and trans away. Don't ever just say motor. It's a motor and trans away from being, and maybe a, a good slam job from just being really hooked up. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a cool, a cool variety of stuff on here. I think really the best, the best thing that people can understand, if you look at that, if you look at these vehicles and you add fifteen hundred bucks to ship those cars, you're getting a decent value. You're getting you're getting nice drivers. You're and maybe a a notch above a driver. You know, it depends. And the cool part is there's just some funky, unique stuff, dude. The old timer style dune buggy with the wire wheels. You know, you, I promise you're the only guy in your neighborhood that's got that. <laughs> no, there, there, there's a bunch of freak show, weird, you know, unique, eye catching, really fun stuff there, and you know it. it some, some of it's great, some of it's not, you know, there's good and bad in all of it, but, um, you know, I, I'm, if I see something wrong, I'm going to shoot a photo of it, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a huge bunch of stuff, and it's exciting well, to uh, that many of those cars in one spot, and they're all for sale. I mean, that, it's the first time I've ever seen that happen, and it's, it's exciting to, to be there and watch it, and, no, that's cool. I mean, there's there's even some 914s on here. A couple Mexican Beetles, a couple special editions, the last ones that were made, or one special edition that I see. But, I mean, shoot, even if a guy just wants to get into a split window like something, even if you've got to rebuild the motor, you're still dollars ahead. Um, two Heb Mueller replicas. Let me tell you right now, guys, if you want to be gangster on the cheap, if you're going to buy a Heb that's going to cost you a hundred grand, and then... After you slam it, put wheels on it, the death threats you'll deal with are not worth it. Buy this one for 40, slam it, wheels, big motor, call it good. No one needs to know it's a 65. You can put whatever you want on the license plate to personalize it. But I'm telling you, you're dollars ahead. Dollars ahead and more importantly, time, I think, is the, is the key component is the time. There's some cool military prop looking stuff. But yeah, this is awesome, man. But you know, if you guys are looking for your, head, your, your spot to go to, your go-to spot to get your cars, uh, oldbug.com is where you're going to go get it. And uh, you get some, you know, the good thing with Randy looking at it, Randy's going to be real on the value of it. He's going to give a real value. Who knows? If you want to buy more than one, they may be able to knock a few bucks off, do a, kind of a package deal or whatever. But that'll be, don't send, do not do like, you know, it's funny. Nowadays, it's gotten to the point where you list a car and people just start offering you money without ever looking at the car. And it's like, those are the first ones you delete. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I had a car for several reasons. Someone was, I, it was, it was uh, five grand. So I was like, I'll give you 1500 bucks. I'm like. Uh, 
first, like you haven't even looked at the car. Like I could, like man, I was gonna take fifteen hundred bucks, but since you didn't show up to look at it, I figured you're you're fronting on your fifteen hundred dollars. But I mean, it's just it's become that internet world that we have where people just uh, decide to get a little crazy. But yeah, yeah. you know, there's nope. some there's fun What's cars to buy in here. <laughs> yeah. What's your? I, my favorite is this is the answer. So everybody in podcast land, don't ever send me an email like this. Don't ever say what's your lowest price because my response to that is what is the absolute most you would pay right that's exactly. my that's my response and then when you give me your response i'll either give you yes or no yeah no it's like they're not clear on the subject of bargaining yeah you, you see what i'm asking you know make your offer pal that's that's the way it rolls but but yeah no it's it, all sorts of people. I'm stoked that the people of Puerto Rico are, are fired up about it. And these guys are grabbing a lot of these cars. So a lot um, of the cars right now are staying. I mean, especially with the dollar being pretty good right now, I think anybody that's got a few, a couple nickels rolled together in Puerto Rico can snag up some stuff. Well, I mean, there's, they use the dollar. It's all the same there. So it's not an exchange. Well, that's what I mean with our economy being up good. There's no exchange rate, but I'm saying like our economy is doing good right now. So which would stand me to reason that Puerto Rico is doing fairly well as well right now. So, well, I mean, they're still struggling with, you know, hurricane and from all of that. But I mean, the the big benefit to these guys over there is that they now have access to these cars that if they were to try to find the same thing in the States, they'd have to spend that money for shipping to get it down there. Sure. Plus taxes and things like that. So it's actually a, a really killer opportunity for them to get bargains on stuff. You know, we we priced them at a level where I thought it would be good for everybody in the mainland U.S. or around the world to be into it, yeah. back into the shipping uh, costs. But what I didn't think about was the Puerto Rican market and how these guys are just going, oh, my God, I can get this car for ten grand." You know, I, I'd i spend for those ten guys, on it in the state grand to get it to me. I so. mean, how hard is it for them to just even confirm that they can get a decent car? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, totally. Being able to be there to touch it, feel it, and stuff. So, I I think it's cool because it it's you know it keeps the cars there. They're stoked about it. It, it makes for an easy sale. They can inspect it, and know exactly what they're going to get. But um, but still, I mean, there's buyers from around the world. We have a guy in Qatar. There was a, a one that's going to Europe. There's a guy in Australia that was asking about a couple. Um, you know, guys in California. New York, all over the place. So yeah. those cars will get spread around the world, and it's it's just a part of the, you know, the whole VW community. I mean, it's worldwide, definitely. Well, Randy, uh, everybody wants to know what was the car that you had dreamt about you taking. <laughs> I won't say. I, road trip. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna jinx it. I'm not gonna say, oh, this is the one I want. Right, because then someone's gonna buy it. Because you're like, oh, maybe if that one's left over, I might be able to get my crack at it. But I'm thinking. I'm thinking for sure it's going to be one of these oddball ones. Just me personally, I think I think you're going to be in one of these oddball. I I, I pegged you for the '59 coupe guy. I thought like man, or wait a second, no, the '83 Grumman coupe van. Is that an, is, is this '83 Grumman coupe van? Is that was that built by Volkswagen? Well, it's actually it's uh, golf Volkswagen Golf powered, and Grumman uh, made mail trucks. And so they actually made some of these mail trucks with that VW platform. So it's it's basically a rabbit diesel underneath it, and it's an aluminum body uh, mail truck. So think of it as a modern version of the Fridolin. Or like a Fridlin on steroids. Or if the Fridlin had 
mated with the Terminator, this is what we'd be looking at. Is <laughs> this thing, this thing, get in if you want to live. Like this was this is what this thing looks. The zombie apocalypse, Frid. That's what we got here. That's right. Got. It's pretty slick, actually. It's cool. I'm, I look. I'm, I'm talking not, about it. To see one up close, and I, I'm pretty impressed with it. The thing is very much like a Fridolin, only it's aluminum and you know diesel powered. But Anyway, did the Bra- did the Brasilia stay there? What's that? Did the Brasilia stay there? Yes. Yeah. See, I really like that. I'd like to find a nice, clean Brasilia. You know, what's funny is that Brasilia he bought off of oldbug.com a number of years ago from a client of mine here in California. Yeah. But that car, there's actually quite a few cars there that I recognize. There's a few that he bought old bug over the years and then there's other ones that i've seen uh there that belong to buddies of mine and other other folks in the scene um there's one of my old freak show cars is there in in a new uh suit basically yeah <laughs> and uh you know there's there's a bunch of old old four-wheeled friends in that building there it was kind of fun to see that was that was the hey shorty your your clown cars that the are they one of the old ones no no at the freak show one year, I had an oval window with a really long nose on it. I don't know if you remember that one. I called it Snoopy. And at, when it first showed up, it was white and peach. And then I slammed it and painted it flat black. And that car is now there in the museum. And it's still black, but it's been changed around even more. So it's the it's got like a side mount spare and the rear deck lid has big crazy louvers in it i'm, lo- I'm looking for it i'm looking for it. i'm while you're talking i'm scrolling through and this is the best this is the best way to do it where all the pictures are on one page so i don't have to keep clicking on stuff just to get my yeah my eyes uh what's with but, this 57 with no back window 57 with no back window it's like it's like yeah. a, that's the one that's the car that's this, the this is the dude well you got it you didn't pretty you didn't you got a picture of the business side Oh yeah, that hood's lengthened. <laughs> yeah, another thing, really, really freaky. That's like twelve inches lengthened or something. That's crazy. Yeah, the the body was shortened in the back, and then the hood was stretched. Oh, so I see it. Yeah, I see the little quarter window. Yeah, it's a standard length pan, um, but everything was shifted backwards. And uh, I, that car I had for I don't know, probably three or four years or so. Yeah. And I changed it up a little bit here and there and, and brought it out to some events. But then it went to a guy in Florida uh, that that took it and tweaked it and made it even freakier. Yeah. Uh, no, and that's then, cool. You know, it's uh um it's 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 really, really I mean it's it's a cool collection. It's definitely something look, if you guys are out there and you're looking for something that's not gonna require a ton of work to have a decent street looker, I mean there's there's stuff on here and the prices are reasonable, at least you're hearing this from me and Randy, so I mean, if it's a bad deal, get mad at Randy. Don't get mad at me. But I think I don't. <laughs> I, I hear the sales pitch. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that bad of a deal. I dig it. I I think it's just. I think it's cool just to go on here, go on oldbug.com, and just Google at the collection because it's just cool. It it probably had to be really cool to be there at that museum, just to see it so jam packed. You know, uh, it's what I'm realizing now. You know, we we flew in there, we took photos of everything, checked it all out. And then came back, and after a little negotiation, then we, you know, started posting it up for sale. And so quickly, cars are selling. You know, I'm kind of realizing that we were like one of the last people in there before the museum split apart. 
And I mean, it was, I don't know, it's a wild place. And I, I'm writing an article on it for Hoppy W's that has some of the photos and stuff of it to tell the story of, of our trip down there and of the collection and stuff. You can kind of watch for that. But I mean, it was, it's, I mean, uh, you don't see 170 bugs in no. one place that all belong to the same man. You know, yeah. that's, that's a crazy thing. It's the largest privately owned VW collection in the world, from what I understand. Well, and I'm going to give you another fact. This is the only collection you're going to buy a Bugatti for 12.5. The yeah. only. Done. <laughs> you can make, if you buy this Bugatti, make fun of the MG kit car, guys. <laughs> no, it's, it's all hierarchy in, in the. In the world of plastic automobiles, in the in the world of kit cars, you've now outranked the uh, the the MG kit car guy. So uh, you can poo poo him as you speed by in your Bugatti bug Audi. <laughs> That's the best. The humbug, the bug Audi. You know where they got to the point where they just started using bug in everything they did, so that you knew it was a bug. So you know, didn't they make they made a Thunderbird kit? Too out of a VW, didn't they? So yeah, the, those are some of the funky things that we just. What was that one called? They called it the V Bird instead of a T Bird. <laughs> the V Bird. I mean, it's ridiculous. But how cool would that thing be to just to have it? You know what I mean? Like it, they're they're super kitschy and really ridiculous. When a Thunderbird wasn't even that much money to go get one, you know what I mean? But you know, it was like, hey, guy in the cornfield somewhere, you can buy this thing and build. Uh, Thunderbird, but I, you, I I get it. I get the reason why you're into those quirky things that are kind of cool because it's like, look, you might want to laugh. I mean, I was surprised, you know, people might want to laugh at it, but they don't have one. And secretly inside, they want to drive it. They're like, they want they want to just cruise around. I, I remember the first time I bought a kit car and realized they're worth money. I bought a um, uh, GT40 kit car, Fiber Fab GT40 kit car. I think I paid like, 200 300 for it and hauled it off and i thought like man put that on some modern wheels put a big type you know big type four motor with some, some torque or a turbo motor or something just make that thing kind of cool and then like just for kicks i threw it on the samba for 1500 bucks and it was gone in moments flat and i was like oh what's going on here that was kind of weird but you know there is a market for these kit cars i mean there's guys out there that are just committed to the kit you know what i mean so yeah i mean there's I, there's people that are into everything, you yeah. know, and that's what's fun about all of it. But, but you're right. I mean, to like at the last Prado event, Bob Lacoste uh, from out here, he had a Bradley GT uh, that was a really clean one. Yeah. He just totally dropped it on its nuts with nice wheels on it, and he rolled in and ruled. I mean, the thing looked amazing. Yeah, you know, down low, and you know, to get a V Bird. And just punk it down on Fuchs. <laughs> All hard in the, in That's the, it. the Bring ga- it. The gauntlet has been thrown out. You've heard from Bill and Randy uh, on the Let's I Talk Dog. It does that. Right. What's that? I, the guy that does that gets a beer from me. We need to see that happen. That's it. Anybody that comes out. So we're going to give you guys a year. We're going to give you guys on Podcast Land to find the wackiest kit car you can slam it and put a big motor in it and bring it out in 2020 2020 will be the year the year of the kit car so bring them out buy them slam them and just the more ridiculous and obnoxious the better you know 
Well, cool, Randy. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. It's been, uh, you know, it just happened to work out that we're on here and that, that all this kind of fell into place. And so at least we get, we, we, there's a ton of stuff. I mean, we could talk for hours. I could click on each car and we could talk for 10 minutes on each car because I am fascinated. I am fascinated by the stuff that's on here. But if you guys want to check some more stuff out, uh, how does it, give me your links on how everybody gets in touch with you between social media. Cause you're also doing, you're also doing something besides Volkswagen, which is the carchaeology. Yeah. No, I mean, like, like you were saying, you love everything with wheels and, and I'm the same way. I mean, I'll always be a VW guy. The VW family is always going to be my family, but, but man, I, I'm like, if there's something interesting with wheels on it, I'm chasing it. So like you know, Buicks or whatever, all the stuff, you look out my garage right now and it, it's a wild mismatch of stuff. So I, I kind of started this thing, carchaeology, just archaeology with a C. Right. To, I, I don't know. I really didn't have any plan with it necessarily, but I just figured that would be a good thing to term my whole car chasing vibe. And right. one of my favorite things about the whole car scene is going and finding something that's been sitting uh, you know, layer of dust on it and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, being a dreamer, pulling that out, turning it into something. So I kind of dubbed that part of my life, Carchaeology. And so I've got a website, carchaeology.com, uh, which is mostly a blog site at this point where I share information on some of the stuff that I've chased. Uh, I've got that tied into my Instagram, which is, uh, there's a bunch of people following me there with all the, the stuff I'm after, you know, obviously anything, uh, dub related would be on oldbug.com. Sure. And you're, you, do you have a, you, you have a Randy Carlson Instagram or you got an old bug Instagram? Um, uh, on Instagram, it's bug and box, bug and box on Instagram at bug and box on Instagram on Facebook. You're under old, old bug on Facebook. You had a Facebook old bug page. You can, you can find old bug on Facebook. I've got a public page for Randy Carlson. Um, when I was on this TV show, Sticker Shock, and a lot of people for were... The fans. For the fans, bro. Right. You know, I don't know. It's, it's silly. But, you know, I, I I don't want everybody, you know, I have pictures of my kids and family stuff. So I just kind of set up a, a, you know, a blog page there on Facebook for that. So people can follow all the car-related stuff that I take. Sure. You know, my, my personal account, I use up the family stuff and people that I know well. Very yeah. cool. Well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on the podcast. I'm sure we're going to have you on here again. I mean, you know, we're always going to grab you when something's funky, crazy, or the VW world needs to know about it. We're going to, you, you got a direct pipeline to get to me. We'll record something about it, send it out there to podcast land. If we're hunting for stuff or looking for stuff. And if any of you guys out there in podcast land are looking for things or hunting for things, Randy's your guy. He's got a lot of connections that go super deep in the VW scene. So if, if there's a mystery car you've been looking for, a show car you don't know anything about, or, you know, you try to track down something from the 70s, 80s, or 90s, get a hold of Randy. He knows a lot of people. He can ne- he's got a super deep network. And really, at the end of the day, when you're using oldbug.com, I mean, that's what you're paying for. You're paying for Randy's network of people. People know if the car's on Randy's site, Randy's looked at it, Randy's checked it out, and at least Randy will give him the straight news on it. You know what I mean? And I think that's uh, one of the things that bring value. You know I mean? Some people don't may not see the value of listing something on your site because sometimes people get there. They step over dollars to pick up pennies. And uh, the reality is what, what Randy brings to the table is his long-term history in the VW scene, his trust, his trust that he has with buyers 
as a go-between. And, you know, when Randy says the car's a, a, a 2 or a 10, the guys will know what they're getting. So eliminate a lot of that confusion. And for that measly price, that's a pretty good deal. It's much cheaper than Barrett-Jackson to sell your car through there. So uh, you guys got something to sell, something cool, send it out to Old Bug. Check out this Volky collection. Go to oldbug.com. And uh, you can also find there's been several links about it in a couple uh, a couple online magazines that I've seen, so it's pretty cool. It's getting some uh, it's getting some pub uh, some publicity out there. And Randy, I appreciate you again, man, for coming on the podcast. And uh, for sure, I, I'm I'm sure I'm going to run into you probably the the bug in weekend. I don't know. I'll be out there. I'll be at the DKP meet, and then I'll be at the uh, Octo and the the RVA concourse on Saturday, and then uh, I'm going to head to bug in on Sunday. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what all I'm going to hit. Yeah, it's I'm, too much. It's too much. <laughs> so much, and, and I'm still you know, kind of recovering from my leg injury and stuff, so I'm, I'm moving a little slow. But yeah. I, I'll definitely be out at Prado hanging out, and uh, I'll probably hit a couple of the other events and stuff as well. But, uh, but I'm always on the Internet. You can find me. That's it, man. He can't hide on the internet. Well, cool. Randy, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, brother. And uh, I'll see you when I see you out there in SoCal. All right, brother? Yeah, sounds good, Bill. Thanks very much. And uh, uh, thanks for the opportunity to sit here and chat with you. You got it, buddy. We learned a lot. Thanks, man. All right. See you. All right. Bye.